I am going to uh, take you tonight the Old Testament writing of Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter 28 and verse number 1. And it reads like this. I'm going to read down through verse number 4. And David assembled all the princes of Israel, the princes of the tribes and the captains of the companies that ministered to the king by courses, and the captains over the thousands and captains over the hundreds and the stewards over all the substance and possession of the king, and of his sons with the officers and with the mighty men and with all the valiant men unto Jerusalem. Then David the king stood up upon his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. As for me, I had in mine heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God, and had made ready for the building. Verse number 3 said, But God said unto me, Thou shalt not build a house for my name, because thou hast been a man of war and hast shed blood. Verse 4 says, How be it? The Lord God of Israel chose me before all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever. For he hath chosen Judah to be the ruler, and of the house of Judah, the house of my father, and among the sons of my father, he liked me to make me king over all Israel. For the sake of time, I will conclude my reading there, but I do want to turn your mind back to verse 2, where David said, As for me, I had in mine heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the Lord. Verse 3 said, But God said unto me, Thou shalt not build a house for my name. Verse 4, he said, How be it, the Lord. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight, and I don't know who I'm going to talk to. Maybe nobody. Maybe myself. But somebody here tonight hopefully will need what the Word is going to say. I want to talk to you about how to live when life isn't fair. How to live when life isn't fair. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> I'm almost fearful of preaching or teaching this particular subject tonight. For fear that I have not fully understood. But I have been wrestling with this for many, many months. Many, many months. Uh, this particular portion of scripture has, uh, it has intrigued me and it has stirred me. I think most of us are wise enough to know how to act when everything goes well. Uh, Few of us really need any help in knowing how to live when all is going your way. Nobody has to hold your hand or encourage you 
when we get what we want, when our prayers are answered, uh, when we get what we ask for. You don't need anybody to tell you how to worship the Lord then. You, you don't need anybody to encourage you to be faithful to God. When everything's going your way, it, it's common sense that God ought to be given the glory. But what we need faith for are not times when everything falls in place. We need faith for when nothing Falls in place. And when nothing is working the way that we wanted it to or the way that we had hoped, we don't need faith to direct us when everything falls into place. I need faith to sustain me when all goes wrong. Faith for tough times, faith for hard times, faith for unfair times. I don't need to be told how to act when I get healed. I don't need anybody to tell me how to rejoice when God answers a prayer and provides a need. I don't need anybody to encourage me when the doors are opened and God moves. I don't need you to tell me how to shout when I get what I want. I think I have enough sense to know how to be happy when things are going right. What I need to know is how to be happy when everything's going wrong. What I need to know is how to be happy when my prayers are not being answered. I need to know how to be happy and survive when I don't get healed. When God doesn't work a miracle. Teach me how to be happy when things go wrong. That's a novel idea. Teach me how to rejoice when it seems that my adversary is rejoicing over me. Teach me how to stand when life is raining down on my faith and everything that can go wrong is going wrong. You know Murphy's Law. Teach me how to keep trusting God when he says no. When he says no. The question in life is when life isn't fair. When God says no, and I, I, I think I mentioned something about this several weeks past, that no is an answer. May not be the one we wanted, but it is an answer. Wait is an answer. Or even sometimes God's silence is an answer. The question is when God says no, and when things do not work out the way that I wanted. When God is silent, when God says, wait. When you pray for healing and you don't get healed. When you pray for a job and you don't get the job. Or 
You pray for a promotion and God gives somebody else your promotion. You're more qualified for that position than they are, but somehow you're circumvented. The question is, how do you live when the answer is no? Or how do you live when the answer is wait? When you don't get the house or the car or the money doesn't come in, do you still know how to serve God? And do you still know how to worship Him? When deliverance doesn't come, I have learned this much about living for God, that when God says no, you don't have to lose your faith just because God says no. You don't have to backslide just because God said no. You don't have to have a nervous breakdown just because God said wait. You don't have to have a pity party just because you don't get the answer to your prayer that you've been praying. You don't have to walk away or throw in the towel when everything doesn't work out the way you planned. Sometimes there's a higher plan that trumps my plans. So the question is, how do we live when life is not fair? And David shows us one of the most outstanding pictures that you will find in Scripture of how to live through discouragement and disappointment. When I began to read this, I first read just two or three verses and they, they, they began to speak to me. But I, I went back later and I started reading from that verse on. And sometimes that's when you really get revelation is when you go past what you thought was where you needed to be. And so I went past verse number 4. I had just been reading verse 3 and 4, 2, 3, and 4, because they had ministered to me. So, you know, David had planned for this. He had made preparations. God said no. And David said, how, how be it, or yet the Lord. And so I started reading the rest of chapter 28, and the rest of chapter 29, and I discovered some things about David that made him even greater in my eyes than he was before. God show, or, or David shows us a but God moment in his life. When God did not answer his prayer and God did not give him what he desired, David showed me and he will show you how to respond when life is not fair. Now, this is what is so amazing about this story. God gave David the plans for this temple. It's found in chapter 28. God gave him the plans because he passed those plans along to his son Solomon. So God gave him a plan for his house. And David, in his own desire and his own enthusiasm to do something great for the Lord, decided that that plan that God gave him must be for him to fulfill. And yet when he got ready to do that, God said, No, David, you're not the man to do this job. You're not the one to build this house. 
it seems that no one was better suited to do this than David was. Solomon is not known as the great psalmist. Solomon is not known as the great singer and worshiper. He is not known as the great praiser. He is known as a man of wisdom and many other talents, but he was not known for what David was known for. And in my mind, if there was anybody that should have been qualified to build that temple, David should have been qualified. He was the great psalmist. He was the great singer. He was the great praiser. He was the great worshiper. But I have learned this much about life. Sometimes the most qualified people are not the ones that God chooses to use to get his job done. And so God said, David, you're not the man. It seems so unfair that God would not allow him to do this. Because it was in his heart. Not only was it in his heart, he had made plans. He had already set, set aside provisions. The gold and the silver and other utensils, wood, and all of the necessary things that were needed for the building of this house. He had already made preparation for it, but God said no. And when this happens, what happens to us is so important. When things like this happen, sometimes it will drive people to distraction. And sometimes it will make people become bitter. And there are those when they come to points like this in life, they lose faith and they are lost in a state of confusion, but not David. In the midst of this disappointment, David turns from God saying no, and his response to God's no was, how be it? Yet the Lord chose me. And he gives us a solution when life is not fair. What's the difference in a life like David and a life like mine? And so I started going through looking at all the things that David said after God said no. And I think I discovered a pathway out of disappointment. I think I found a way out of disillusionment. I've even found a way around anger and bitterness that comes so readily when we don't get what we want in life. And so I want you to get your Bibles open and we're going to take a little journey through chapter 28 and 29. And I'm going to give you a few points for you to consider and then I'm going to let you go home and I'm going to let it just go down in your soul and maybe it'll make a difference in somebody's life. But the first thing that I noted about David when God said no, the first thing that showed up is found in verse number 4 of chapter 28, and this is what David said, how be it, after God had said no, he said, yet the Lord God of Israel chose me before all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever, for he hath chosen Judah to be the ruler, and of the house of Judah, the house of my father, 
and among the sons of my father, he liked me to make me king over Israel. The first thing that David reached out for when he was faced by disappointment was that attitude of gratitude that he did not want to lose. Somehow David refused to let the fact that God had blessed him be lost in this moment of disappointment in his life. Even though things were not working out the way he had wanted them to, and plans were not going like he had thought they would, David said, you know what? I refuse to let gratitude leave me. I I refuse to be thankful for what I know God has already done and what he has provided for in my life. And when I got to looking at that, I thought, God, that's the first thing that the devil begins to work on in any person's life when life is unfair, and that is their gratitude. Because it's hard to be thankful when your prayers aren't being answered. It's hard to be thankful when that answer is no. It's hard to be thankful when everything you yearn to do and become, God puts an X over and said it's not going to happen. David said, I don't want to lose that appreciation because I know where God brought me from. I know where God had to reach to get me. And even though he may have said no to this, he said yes to something greater, and that was choosing me. He liked me. I'm so glad the Lord likes me. Praise God. I'm, I'm so glad he doesn't just love me. He likes me. That means he wants to be around me at all times and with me at all times. And David said, oh, I can't get away from the fact that God liked me. Praise God. He liked me. Amen. He likes me. So you refuse to let his gratitude slip away from him. The second thing that I noticed is found further down in chapter 28. Verse number 9, verse number 10, he said, speaking to Solomon, And thou, Solomon, my son, know that the God of thy father, or know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. And then verse number 20. Again, David said to Solomon, his son, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God even... My God will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. The second thing that I noted about David in his disappointment is that he continued to encourage 
those God was going to use to do what he wanted to do. Now that may not mean anything to you, but I want to ask how many of you can really give thanks to God when somebody else gets the glory for what you wanted to do to start with? How many of you can really applaud somebody else that's getting to do what you really wanted to do? To me, that's the sign of great spiritual maturity and great spiritual understanding that you can be an encourager. He takes, it, it takes a real man or a real woman to encourage someone who is doing what you really wanted to do. What do you do when life is not fair? You continue being an encourager of those that God is blessing. Amen. You keep praising and encouraging those that God has chosen. Amen. The third thing that I noted is found in the next chapter. Chapter 29, verse number 2 and 3. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God the gold for things to be made of gold and the silver for things of silver and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood. Onyx stones and stones to be set, glistening stones and of divers colors, and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Now, if that right there alone is enough to make you want to stand back and applaud David, that even though God said no to him, he was going to prepare and he was going to bring everything needed to help that job get done. But the next verse is the one that really kicked me in the gut. Because the next verse said, Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own proper good. Of silver and gold which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the house, for the holy house. What he said is, I don't ever want to stop being a giver even when God doesn't seem to be giving. It's one thing for him to draw the resources from everybody else. And that would be enough to applaud him. But David said, oh no. No, 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 no. This thing is in my heart. I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not going to do. And so he continues to be a giver even when life is not fair. He doesn't let life's unfairness shut up his vows of compassion or his willingness to be a giver. My God, I wish I could get that kind of spirit in God's people today. That when life is not fair, and when you don't get your prayers answered, you still keep praying, and you still keep giving, because God is going to answer prayer, and He is going to work His work. David when God said no, didn't do like a lot of folks do, take their marbles and go home. Well, God, if you don't let me do that, ain't nobody going to do that. Yeah. 
David, he, he remained a giver. Everybody said he remained a giver. Boy, you're like a sponge tonight, just soaking this up. I can tell you're really encouraged. He continued to give. Everybody say he continued to give. He continued to encourage. He continued to give. Chapter 29, verse 10 tells us something else that David did when life was unfair. Wherefore, David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Not only did he continue to encourage, he continued to give, but he continued to praise. And you hear me. He didn't keep praising God in his private little closet. He got right out in the middle of the sanctuary. And when God had said no, he said, you know what? That's not going to stop me from praising you. It's not going to stop me from being a worshiper. You chose me when I was nobody. And I still have a reason to give you honor and praise. I just wonder what would happen around Greater Life Church when life is not fair, if we just kept on praising, when life is not fair, that we kept on worshiping, that when life doesn't work out the way we want it to work out, we still come in with a garment of praise and we lift our voice and we lift our hands and we magnify him in his sanctuary. Amen. You got to keep on giving and you got to keep on praising. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Keep on giving. Keep on praising. And then verse 14 of 29. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee. And that was the point that David had come to in his life is that this is still God's work. And so David continued to stay humble before the Lord. He knew where it all came from. He knew where the blessings that were upon his life had come from. And he said, you know what? Whether God answers another prayer in my life or not, whether God gives me what I want or not, I know where God brought me from. And I still have to give him honor that he has put his hand upon me. I am nobody. He is everything. And I will praise him for that tonight. Amen. Some of us need to remember where the Lord brought us from. Because we're nobody. But sinners saved by grace. Sometimes we get a little arrogant around here. We get to thinking that we're somebody. Amen. Oh, God, that we would be humbled before your presence and realize that there go I, but by the grace of God. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, the enemy would have triumphed. But thank God he was. And I'm here tonight. I want to keep an humble heart. I don't have anything to boast about. I don't have anything to be proud of. Even when I do something that I think is noteworthy, I am still just an unfaithful servant. Amen. So, believe that doesn't sound too encouraging to me, but that's what I am. I am just an unprofitable servant. I don't really deserve the goodness of the Lord, 
but he has been so good to me. You know how to make it through times when, when God doesn't answer your prayer? Stay humble. Amen. Stay humble. And then he continued, verse 17, not only to stay humble, but to trust God's decision and God's way. Listen to what he said. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly offered all these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people which are present here to offer willingly unto thee. I don't always understand God's way, but I always want to trust His way, that He knows the right way. I want to be able to trust Him when I can't see Him. I want to be able to trust Him when I don't understand Him, when God's work doesn't make sense. I want to still be able to stand as Job and say, Naked came I into this world, naked will I leave, but blessed be the name of the Lord. He's still God. He knows what He's doing, and I'm going to leave that in His hands. I refuse to try to be some God of some kind and determine what is or isn't. Amen. Folks, don't ever get tired of living by faith. Don't ever get tired of walking by faith. Amen. He then went on to tell us in verse 20 and verse 29 that you must not lose your sacrifice. Verse 20, he said, And they sacrificed sacrifices unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings unto the Lord on the morrow after that day even a thousand bullocks, a thousand rams, and a thousand lambs with their drink offering and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel and did eat and drink before the Lord on that day with great gladness. And they made Solomon king, Solomon the son of David king the second time and anointed him unto the Lord. He continued to offer sacrifices. He didn't go silent on God when God was silent on him. Praise God. You know, when God doesn't answer our prayer, sometimes we take it out on him. God, if you're not going to answer my prayer, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to church tonight. I'm not going to worship God tonight. You didn't come through. I believe you. I prepared for you. Think about it. David did everything right. God said, no, David, you're not the man for this. And so David, instead of becoming bitter, and instead of being disappointed or disillusioned, he said, you know what, there's a better way to live than that. He kept on sacrificing. He didn't go silent when God didn't work things out the way he wanted. He kept bringing his offering to the Lord. And finally, he, in verse 11 and 12 of chapter 29 The Bible says that he uh, kept his perspective. And I mentioned this a while ago, but I want to go back to it. 
Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. It's important when God says no that you keep your perspective. Amen. That you keep in perspective that he is still God and you are not. Amen. God has the prerogative in my life at any time to say no. And as his servant, I want to learn how to say yes, Lord, to your will and to your way. How is is it that a man could keep praise on his lips? And how is it that a man could keep faith in his heart in such times? It had to be because David learned to, to hang on to his gratitude. It had to be because David refused to be anything but an encourager of his brethren. It had to be because he continued to be a giver. It had to be because he continued to praise. It had to be because he stayed humble and he continued to trust God's decision and he continued to offer his sacrifices and he kept kept his perspective that God is God alone. And when it's all said and done and I look back over life, I'm going to understand it better by and by. But until then, my heart will go on singing. Until then, with joy, I'm going to carry on. If God never answers another prayer in my life, I still want to keep a gratitude in my heart. I still want to be a giver. I still want to be conscious that if it had not been for the Lord, I would not be here tonight. I want to keep offering the sacrifice. I want to keep things in perspective. I want to continue to be a lover and an encourager of men. How do you live when life is not fair? David just showed you. Pretty simple. But what a powerful, powerful lesson. Let's stand together. Amen.